You know, every now and then we get a chance to uh, just follow up with someone who's found us at the RV Small Talk podcast. And and today we have Sebastian online and and he's going to uh, he's going to tell us kind of his pathway to RVing and even more. There's there's a bigger story there than just RVing. So we're going to welcome one of our listeners on today. This is Sebastian and uh, and we're going to get a story. PJ, you ready for this? I'm ready for anybody who goes from restaurant owner to RV tech. Yeah, I think that <laughs> is so cool. So I'm excited. Yes, I'm ready. Very good. All right, everybody. We are the RV Small Talk podcast team. We talk about lightweight trailers, truck campers, the people, places, and adventures that go right along with them. We are your hosts from Princess Craft RV, and I'm Clint. I'm PJ. And I put too much creamer in my coffee. And yet, oh, you did. You have coffee today? That's yeah. weird. It actually looks like kind of discolored milk. It looks like it? milk. Yeah, milk. No coffee. <laughs> it's okay. Good luck to me later in about three hours. <laughs> okay, so we have we have Sebastian online. Welcome to the podcast, Sebastian. So glad to finally actually hear your voice. I've I've kind of had a voice in my head from your social media posts. It's fun. Yeah, it's funny. You, uh, I remember like starting to see you comment on everything and hang out with us on Facebook and, and showing the things he was cooking. Yeah. Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like, I feel like we've all known you for years, but this is the first time I've ever actually heard your voice. So welcome. I am so happy to be here guys. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me to be on your show. Um, been following you guys for the past three years. Love the show. I've learned a lot from your uh, broadcasts and honestly uh, it really helped me with trying to get myself familiar with this whole uh, industry and the rv lifestyle so no thank you uh for providing such great content yeah i really appreciate it cool and we're done just kidding <laughs> and, and all this time guys we thought we were just being silly and recording it and it actually maybe made a little bit of a difference so well S sebastian oh. i need to know how to say your last name Ovesi. Ovesi. Uh, I had it you right. You were saying it right. Yeah. Ovesi. Yeah. We had a whole yeah, so discussion. Just think of the word, just think of the word obey, mm -hmm. but replace the B with V. So Ovesi and add an S and I in the end. Okay. Ovesi. That is way too much now, thinking for me. If we go, <laughs> if we go to the beginning, Sebastian, way back. No, no maybe not so. Not In the beginning. Not, not too, too way back, but way back. Um, are you... Give me your family background, because I think you, if I remember correctly, you are first or second generation to the U.S. Is that correct? Yes, I am the, actually, I'm actually first generation to the U.S. Okay, so my parents, um, my parents, they left uh, Iran. Mm -hmm. This is where I'm from. My family, we're Iranian. Uh, my dad, um Sorry, I'm trying to trying to kind of go back in time in a proper timing so uh, I don't skip anything. But yeah, so my dad was a um, a deputy lieutenant for the Iranian Air Force during the Shah. Oh, regime. wow! wow. And for for those of you guys who are familiar with the Iranian history, you know the Iran Iranian government was uh, one of the, uh, the U.S.'s biggest allies up until 19, 1979, Correct. especially in that region. Mm -hmm. uh, very uh, westernized country, uh, and unfortunately, we had the extremism that that came and swept through the country. And you know there was a uh, Islamic revolution uh, overnight, and anybody that was uh, part of the previous regime for the Shah of Iran were either executed or put in jail. And my dad was one of those individuals that were that was arrested. He was actually scheduled for execution, and luckily he was able to escape from a prison hospital with another inmate, um, and came got the family overnight and we ran we left everything behind went to turkey when i and i was probably about nine eight or nine years old um at the time uh we escaped turkey and wow and uh yeah and we were there for a few years and came here and then the u.s embassy in turkey took my family's uh, uh case uh we applied for uh, asylum visas, got approved, went through the whole screening uh, while we were in Turkey. And then uh, once we got everything got approved, we were uh, the U.S. Uh, uh, government uh, took us in with open arms and uh, we built a home here. So now this is home. OK. And, uh -huh. and where in the U.S.? I want to say it's, it's, it's uh, northeast. Is that correct? Yes. So, um, so my family, we were actually sponsored by a church in mm -hmm. Virginia. 
Um, okay. So that church, uh, they brought us to a small city outside of D.C. Uh, it's probably about seven or eight miles uh, outside of Washington, D.C. in the northern Virginia suburbs. Uh, it's known as Annandale. Okay. Annandale, Virginia. Um, that's where we were for the first several years. And, you know, my um, so I have two older brothers and I have a younger sister. Um, and when we first got here, my oldest brother was working at a butcher cutting meat at night and was also going to school during the daytime. My dad was, um, he was delivering donuts um, for Dunkin' Donut uh, working graveyard shifts. Right. Okay. Um, okay. So, I just, I mean, and it, wow. Your dad goes yeah. from being a officer yeah. to yeah. delivering donuts. Yes. You gotta do what you gotta do, Mom. And I you know, know that. it's just <laughs> just what a story. I mean Already. I can't even imagine what it would be like to have your father scheduled for execution and he's able to escape, run away, and come to the US. I mean, I guess you get here with nothing, you're willing to do anything and take any job. Um, when everything is taken away from you and you are um, down, down on your knees crawling, you'll be very surprised what you'll be willing to do just to survive. Sure. So, uh, and, I think, and I think people tend to forget uh, the strength we all have within ourselves when it really boils down to the time that you need to step up and do what you need to do. And I think that's really inspirational. For me, that's one of the most inspiring things from my father is the, the fact that he was able to sit on his pride to take care of his family. It's not an easy thing to be a deputy lieutenant for a, for a, a, a government army uh, that was one of the strongest um, you know economies in that region um, for so many years to go from that to delivering donuts. I, I think it takes a man uh, to, to to sit on 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 their pride mm. to to save to save your family. It, it takes a man to do that, and I think uh, and for me, my dad is my hero. So um, he brought us here, saved our lives, and that's something that uh, uh, that's something that I think it, it can never be repaid. Yeah, that's, so, wow. Uh, that's an amazing story. I feel the same way, and I Thank know everyone you. out there will too. Uh, that gives you enough uh, inspiration to do whatever it is you want to do right thank you yes absolutely and you know we we're blessed i mean we um we a country took us in with open arms um and and i you know i think nowadays especially with uh with uh all the commotion that we got going on with the political division with how how uh, divided this country or the media makes it out to be. Um, I think the uh, one thing that people tend to forget, and I, and, I, and I travel all over the country, I've been blessed enough to do that for the past couple of years, finally after you know 20 years of being in the restaurant business, uh, and I've actually seen firsthand, we're not as divided as the media makes us to be, um, and, and this country is a very welcoming country. Hmm. Um, and I think uh, people, they tend to focus on things that are not necessarily accurate, um, I uh, I can't imagine living anywhere else, and, and and we're very lucky. This country took us in, and I and I'm very very grateful. And I and I always tell my wife, my wife by the way, who, who uh, who's American country girl from Culpeper County, Virginia. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, her and I always talk about the differences of of you know living abroad and living here and we're just very lucky very fortunate and very 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 very, my whole family feel very lucky sure well i agree and i i know that we try to stay lighthearted and fun here but your story that's a big piece of your story so thanks for sharing that so how did you get into the restaurant business that's where i was going next because the first things he was posting were some of his his recipes that was coming up with specifically for traveling for camping those are the first things i saw him sharing with us so tell us about your your journey to the culinary arts and it, it involves your family as well correct yeah so my dad um so my dad my oldest brother as i mentioned earlier and i have um so i have two older brother and, and younger sister my my two older brothers they were going to school and they were also working but um at the time my oldest brother michael and my dad were able to uh, secure a job at a Persian restaurant in Northern Virginia, right outside of mm-hmm. DC, one of the DC suburbs, uh, mm-hmm. as waiters and, and busboys. And uh, and the owner of the restaurant was this really elderly man, and you know he wanted to get out of it. He wanted to sell the restaurant. And after about a few years, my uh, uh, my dad working for him, they, they came to agreement to sell my uh, my dad and my brother the restaurant, and he was going to go 
he was just going to retire. And they worked it out after two, three years. We bought it. It was a very small restaurant, probably about eight or nine tables. Um, at the time, this was like in the early 90s, there weren't, there weren't that many Middle Eastern restaurants in the right. area where we are in Northern Virginia. So uh, we were one of the first Persian restaurants that opened um, in Arlington, actually, in Arlington, Virginia. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that area or not, but Mm -hmm. um, we uh, opened up. We had that restaurant for 15 years, and I grew up in that restaurant. Um, Every day after school, I would go there, and I would help out. I wash dishes, clean tables, and then I would sit at that first booth by the kitchen and do my homework Mm -hmm. uh, before coming home with my parents. I mean, that was our life. I grew up in our restaurant for many, many, many years. Sebastian, that and, reminds uh, me a lot of, uh, I grew up at, at Princess Craft. Like, after school, I would go into a camper and do my homework and scrape putty off the floor and stuff. So, yeah. Oh, so you know what it's like to grow up in a family business. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. And you do a little bit of everything. I mean, I did, it. Yeah. I did everything. Everybody, yeah. everybody in my family did a little bit of everything. Yep. Um, so, I mean, that's how I grew up in it. And I just fell in love with uh with cooking and the restaurant business and uh and long story short i when i finally turned adult i decided that i was going to pursue my own thing i didn't think that i was going to be able to capitalize on the persian cuisine um i just because i wanted to do something that a little bit more trendy a little bit more uh, upscale mm-hmm. um edgy and i just didn't think i could do that with kebabs um so i i kebabs is just fun to say yeah i know it's you know the thing is hey, at the time you know um the, the especially um in, during the early 90s i think you know the um uh, I, th- I think food was just starting to become a huge thing that's true. right you know? um, right so right, and, and, I, and for me i was looking around me and all the high-end restaurants i would see would be french or italian and so in, in the back of my mind i'm thinking okay i can't there's nothing i can do with it. Who, who wants to have a fancy kebab i mean it just it, it just it never clicked to me that look i can actually do something right. with this okay. right um so and so then and i and then i went to so i finally when i, when I turned 18 i uh yeah 18 19 i moved to new york city and i i got a job uh as a cook for an italian restaurant in uh in manhattan in upper west side of manhattan mm-hmm. um i was there for a very long time i worked my way up to uh the the head chef to executive chef. Oh man, yeah, education and, then. That's that's oh my right god, over the fu- Italian oh, my god. food. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's all, and not just Italian food. It's actually Italian and French. So it it, it, it was a great experience. I, say the, I mean, the, I, the I, skills there. So you have trend. olive oil and butter. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was it, it was a really good experience. I mean, I learned a lot. Um, you know, and I learned about wines. I learned about you know European uh, cuisine. Uh, learned a lot of different techniques. Uh, I, I, I think in my, for me, I think it was better than going to culinary school. Um, and I've gone through some, you know, advanced training through culinary schools for, um, for certification programs, but honestly, none of them come anywhere close to the experience that I got working right. in Maria Pia the hands in, in New York city. Okay. Yeah. So then I got, yeah. And I got bored with Maria Pia in New York city, very randomly, very spontaneously. I was like, you know what? I'm moving down to South beach, Miami, moved down there when I was in my 22 23 i was there for about four and a half five years before i decided to go home yeah wow so um yeah and i was in miami and in, in, in miami i was working for another italian restaurant but um that was during my late 20s and you know i'm sure you guys could relate when you're in your late 20s you you tend to party a lot so it was uh being in miami i don't know was what you're talking hard. about <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was it was a little hard for me to kind of really capitalize on everything I learned because I was young and partying a lot. And so finally I got tired of doing all that and decided that, you know what, I'm moving back home. And that's when I got involved with the family and we opened up the restaurant we have now. And this was back in the early 2000s. And so um, our previous restaurant, the restaurant I was telling you guys about that I grew up in, we, for my family, we actually closed that in 2005. Okay. Uh, we closed it and my dad was going to retire. He was done with it. Um, I had that point, I had my own thing going uh, between New York and Miami. I was also, I had a food truck that I was working with. Um, it, and, and this was a, a time where food trucks were starting to blow up. a huge thing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, it's DC went from having like 10 food trucks to 300 food trucks within two years. It was insane. It was like a storm that just came through the city 
Um, but so then I, uh, I call after I, after I was done with Miami, I called my dad and I said, Hey, look, you know, I, I, I got this really cool idea of doing a modern Persian restaurant, you know, um, you know, there's nothing out there, you know, with all the experience that right. I have had with New York and Miami, I really think we can do something together. And that's really how the uh, Amuse, uh, our current restaurant was born. Uh, so it's a collaboration of uh, authentic Persian cuisine uh, mixed with uh, the modern uh, edgy um uh, Western cuisine. I think, and, I think this uh, yeah. means we need to take a trip, PJ. I'm hungry. Yeah, oh, I know. I, you know, how about Absolutely. if Sebastian just comes down here and cooks for us here? No, I want to go there. Okay. All right. Well, I can tell you what, I'll split the difference. Both. <laughs> Between here. Now, is this restaurant in Virginia or is it in New York? DC, I think. No, it's actually in in Virginia, oh, okay. Northern Virginia, right outside okay. of Washington DC. Uh, it's okay. in a town called McLean, which is not too far from the CIA building in Langley. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Yeah, we're like literally we're like a mile down the road from Langley, the CIA building. So can Langley. can we put a link to the restaurant in the podcast notes so that people traveling Absolutely. can stop yes. and try it out? That'd be cool. Absolutely. Cool. You can even you know, include my email address if somebody wants to reach out, I and guess. I'd be more than happy. Yeah. To, to meet the listeners, anybody wants to meet or someone wants to come to the I, restaurant and try yeah. the food, I'll be more than happy to accommodate them. Okay, wow. so how did we go? All right, we yeah. we, we jumped. Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we yeah. jumped around. Now, how do we get from restaurant to RV tech? Okay, well, you know, you guys know COVID changed a lot. I don't know what you're talking um, about. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> right? um, well, you know, COVID really, I think, you know, with all the pain and misery that COVID brought, I think they're on the flip side of that, COVID also just opened up opportunities for a lot of people that didn't even know they existed. And so for me, that the RV, it's really, it's it came from all the fiasco we went through during COVID. Um, so... Before COVID happened, I had I had my food truck, a catering business, and I was also running the, the restaurant. Well, I'm, technically, I'm still running the restaurant. But mm-hmm. um, so we're really busy, working 90 hours a week. Um, the food truck, uh, we were getting booked uh, pretty much all the um, office complexes in D.C., outside of D.C., in Maryland. I mean, I was working 90 hours a week around the clock. And then COVID happened. Right. When COVID happened, uh, our restaurant we had to close on the dining room. We were not allowed to do uh, and do any have any guests in our dining room. So it was just um, uh, just carry out, and you know they changed the law so we could sell like beer bottles or wine bottles and stuff like right. that, just so we can have some revenue coming in. Um, and but that also created an opportunity where I wasn't needed at the restaurant physically as much because without the dining room, the kitchen could handle the carry out business. Um, so it gave me a lot of time. So spontaneously, I walked into a dealership, picked up a, a small twenty-foot travel trailer, and uh, and while and listened to a podcast, you know, yeah, <laughs> I started listening to a podcast. Yeah, I started listening to you guys were actually one of the first podcasts I've discovered um, because there's so much. that has so many questions. I didn't know anything about the the uh, these these things i have never used them i had no idea how to even use a dump station um how to you know fill up the water tanks and i i didn't know anything um yep. so, so why uh, why did you walk in an rv dealership and buy an rv if you didn't know anything about it I mean, because I'm what? spontaneous, and that's what I do. <laughs> okay, have you, I, have you been listening? Yeah, have you been listening to his life story? I I can relate to that. It's just I wanted to be sure. No, I mean, I, I mean, I, the the purchase was definitely spontaneous. Yeah, there was yeah because I did not plan for it at all. But I always knew that I wanted an RV. I just didn't know uh, like, if I could ever <laughs> get by one. How I could get right. one. I, and before I bought one, I, I honestly did not know you could actually finance one. So mm-hmm. I was under the impression if you wanted the white one, you had to like pay, like you know, cash up front. And uh, you know, so I, you know, I had a little bit of uh, you know money saved up. So when I walked in the dealership, I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'm gonna buy a used one. It's gonna have a bunch of miles on it. I'm gonna have to put a little bit of work on, you know. And then, uh, and then I discovered, hey, wait. You can actually just you know finance these. So, uh-huh. um, 
so I, I ended up financing it um and and you know I, I i bought what i really wanted and uh and this was right before the, the peak of the COVID, so the prices were actually really good i got a really sweet deal on um the first one the first trailer i had was a flagstaff epro a 2020 model mm-hmm. um and I, it was small because I didn't you know, given that it was my first RV, I didn't know anything about weight, weight capacity. I just figured, you know, it's something small. I can, you know, my F-150 at the time um, could tow it, no problem. And uh, and so and then as more, uh, the more familiar I got with RVs and, and I saw different designs, I realized, you know what? I want something a little bit bigger. I want something, you know, that has a separate bedroom from the living area. I want to walk around bed. Um, and just and I went in and like about a year after uh, I went in and traded in for what I have now I have a 2022 RPOT 202 um, I think it's the first uh, it was the first models that came out a little they're a little bigger than the original RPOT if I'm not mistaken and I was one of the first customers that actually bought the 202 so traded it in and then you know oh, okay. Ooh, I love the two every time I wanted to get something fix on it i would have to call camping world because this is the only dealership that we have near where i'm at in northern virginia and trying to do dealing with the camping world and 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 i um and i don't like talking negative about anybody anybody but but with with how uh demanding this uh industry is and how short staff can camping world and a lot of these dealerships are dealing they're dealing with it was hard to get a appointment in that was in like two three months out so I just yeah, got sure. tired of it. I got tired of waiting, trying to get, you know, there were some modifications I wanted to do on my own camper. There was stuff that I wanted to do. I got tired of waiting. So I started going on YouTube, looking at videos on how to do some of these things yourself. And then I'm Perfect. like, That's and what then I, I discovered, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I discovered, I was like, wait a minute, this isn't that complicated. This isn't that hard. I can actually do this. So were you, uh, you know, did you consider following? yourself handy? Did you, did you consider yourself handy and mechanically inclined b- before you started not tinkering on your Not at all. Interesting. I don't <laughs> even remember the last cook. time I grabbed a pair of pliers before this. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. wow this, is like a, this is like a metamorphosis. <laughs> he, he was cooking beautiful food and now he's a beautiful mobile tech RV butterfly. <laughs> yes, and, you were just and, a caterpillar. And, and only that, thank you. I, I like the butterfly part. I'm just kidding. But no, I, uh, <laughs> no, but honestly, though, it's I, my, my I, like I, I'm a, I, I consider myself a very spontaneous person. Okay, like I, I, I like to make plans. I like to you know go accordingly. And my wife is she's 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 a master of planning. Okay, she likes to have everything in order, everything and planned out, right. scheduled. I am, I'm the type of person, I believe life is too short to be planning everything out, okay? I think there should be a little bit of a spontaneism uh, in anything that you do. And and I think that you can see that in everything that I've ever done in my life, whether it was the restaurant business, the RV business. Uh, you know, at one point I even, you know, got into music. I was DJing in, when I, in, my, in my late teens. So I've always wanted to do different things because I, I don't see myself um, just do one thing. I, I, cause mm-hmm. li- I feel like life will be too boring just to do one thing. So this whole RV thing uh, during COVID, I, I, you know, I just couldn't sit at home and not do anything. And uh, and when I have, when I bought the camper and I discovered there's actually a whole industry out there that people have not even tapped into, it, it was no brainer for me. So um, and you know I want to travel and I got tired of working ninety hours. I mean I've been doing this for twenty two years, twenty two right. years, and then that, that's not counting the years that I grew up in my family's business um, professionally as a chef for twenty two years. And when COVID hit, and I finally had some time to sit back, and you know because you know before COVID. I was working all the time, so you didn't really, you can't see what you're missing until somebody just throws it at right. your face. And COVID was or one you of those things where, yeah, yeah, you can't it just COVID showed me a little bit of freedom. That I, exactly, exactly. And the thing is, uh, and and COVID really showed that there's a freedom out there 
and that I didn't know about. There's a whole life out there that I didn't know about. There's there's a, a life where you can go and and go see places, and that doesn't involve working ninety hours in an expedition line in the kitchen. Um, and my dad, right. uh, so my, my my parents worked really really hard when we when they got here, and my dad worked till about he was sixty seven years old every day for 30 years and i love him i respect him i have nothing but the love for him but i refuse to work like that that's uh, to me that's not a life <laughs> and, and i appreciate everything he has done for us but i i refuse to be 65 67 years old and working like that i just i don't want to do that and this was my way out Okay. Well, I can tell that uh, for those of you that are listening, you can tell we're having some audio fade in and out. Um, you can hear some background noises um, because, Sebastian, you are camping at Acadia right now. Yes, I am. Right? You are at a campsite enjoying yourself. Right? Yes, I am. Well, I mean, I maybe am. after the podcast yes. is over, you'll be enjoying yourself. I mean, I don't know. That's my hope. So, I really enjoy talking to you guys. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, this is great. Sebastian, um, you're, you know, you found your interest, you found an RV, you realize, hey, it's hard to get service and repairs and modifications done. So, you, your next step towards your current adventure was what How, i mean you like i said first rv hard to get maintenance and repairs and hard to get modifications what was next in your thinking and direction so i was actually um so i you know in addition to following you guys there's a couple other youtubers that i follow as well there's a couple other podcasts that i follow and i don't remember which one was that mentioned a trading academy in texas with the national rv trading academy and in, in athens which is right outside of dallas oh it was definitely um, us and, because we uh, had him on our podcast it was us it was us <laughs> we win uh, yeah, probably, probably, i think it was I honestly thinking back i think it was you guys and i think i i think i'm trying to remember who it was that that was on your show that I heard about the NRVTA, but Terry I, and, Cooper. And as soon as I, it was Terry right. Cooper. That, that's, uh -huh. that's right. That's right. <laughs> I remember even uh, you and I spoke and you wanted me to say hi to him. And I did. Yes. I mm -hmm. remember that. You're right. Absolutely right. Yeah. So um, I discovered NRVTA through, uh, through you guys and I went online and did a little bit more research on it. And I saw nothing but good, good, good reviews. There were te mm -hmm. technicians that were talking about how they build a life, have gone through the school, and and how they're happy, and then they have the freedom about uh, about traveling around, and and then still manage a life where they can pay the bills, and and, and you know, and and then still be, uh, uh, you know, still still continue with 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 their regular life while traveling and see mm -hmm. the rest of the country, and that's something I wanted to do, and. For me, uh, I, I, I it was no brainer. I knew that I wanted to uh, get into this field, but I had a huge fear that okay, so what am I going to do with the food truck? What am I going to do with the restaurant? Um, and so I started doing this actually on the side on the weekends, um, and then it just mm -hmm. took off. It took in off in your spare time. Than I expected. <laughs> yes. Well, spare time. Again, so did like you COVID, go to school? COVID, uh, I went to NRVTA last February, um, probably about two, three okay. months after I discovered the school. Um, I called, I, I signed up mm -hmm. for the fundamentals classes and then to become a certified inspector. Um, and then I went in, yeah, so I went to school last, fe last February, um, February 2021, um, became a certified technician, went through the, the, the fundamentals, the inspectors, the refrigerators, air conditioners, and, and furnaces and all that good stuff. And I'm planning on going back um, this October to uh, do the solar and generators and all that. So okay. make sure I can... And can you... Sebastian, can you tell, can you tell me what, I mean, what it was like being there in the classes? Like what I, I have no idea, you know, is it? I was, I would, honestly, I was, I was having anxiety attacks like you wouldn't believe, oh, no. um, you know, I, 
I have never been the type of person who could sit in a classroom and sit still and listen to a lecture for more than five minutes. You know, I'm, I, I was That's diagnosed me. with ADHD. <laughs> um, and, and I'm not joking when I tell you I'm diagnosed with ADHD. My wife always says if my head wasn't attached to my body, I would leave it everywhere. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, give, and given, given that I have ADHD, given that I have such a hard time, like just sitting in one place for more than five minutes, the fact that I was able to go through the whole um, uh, certified uh, technician program at NRVTA just, just 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 shows how interested I was in that and how it right. really got my attention. You know, um, I didn't go to college. Um, you know, I I I I had a really hard time in high school, and for me, uh, I knew that I always wanted to do something uh, that was not just, you know, something outside of the restaurant business. And, 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 and I got lucky. I feel really blessed. I discovered this and I finally found something that, that I'm really interested in that doesn't involve food. So do you yeah, do a lot uh, of hands on work there? Yes, I do. Uh, yes i do um i do so like the classes you know you're gonna there's there's two two parts to all the classes there's a theory and there's a practical the theory can be a little bit boring but once you go through that and (laughs) go on to the practical part of uh uh, the uh, training it it, it becomes a lot of fun it's a lot of fun and you'll be and you'll be surprised how easy it is to learn how to do these things if you just if you have a little interest in it if there's a little interest you will figure it out and it's, it's actually, it's been very surprising, very surprising of how fast I've been can I, able to learn. Everything. Can I ask? Yeah. Can yeah, I ahead. ask what this change, what, what, what moving to this direction, doing your certification and, and just diving in because there is a need and you've, you tapped into it. What has this meant for you and for your, for your wife as a family together? Cause this is a big change from, oh, from doing your restaurant tour stuff yeah i mean my wife well my wife she's really happy about this um in the beginning when i uh when i told her that hey look i'm interested in getting into the uh the rv business she was a little skeptical you know you know she she's known me as a as a chef you know, we met at my restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how we 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 started dating. She was actually one of our regulars at the restaurant. So just how okay. that's how she knows me. So when I told her, "Hey, I want to become essentially a mechanic," she she thought I was crazy, and and she and she thought or confirmed. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Thought or confirmed. Uh, it was, it was, I think I think it's confirmed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So no, I mean she she was she was worried that this was going to be one of those things that I was just going to get into for a little bit and get tired of it and walk away from it. I mean, right. um, and because she just didn't know. But um, I think about like right after when I got back from school, I I, I kid you not, within like the first couple weeks. I was getting calls, mm-hmm. not every day, but I was getting calls. So what I actually did right after I, uh, when I right after I finished the training at the NR, NRVTA, I um, I sold my my food truck mm-hmm. um, because I knew this is after the training. I knew this is I wanted to pursue this. Um, I just you loved just, it. I loved you just sold it and said I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and at that point, at that point. I, I kid you not. I was so exhausted. I was so tired working all the time, <laughs> and um, and I had just bought the camper at that moment. So like every chance I had, like I had a couple of days off, my wife and I would go would go camping. So the more we camped, the more I knew that this is I really wanted to pursue this. So then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go sell the food truck. Um, I sold the food truck, and I put all the money into the RV business. Now, um, did that scare your wife? Like, <laughs> A little bit, but but what I what I did just to kind of kind of give her a peace of mind because I don't want her to think that I was completely taking this huge chance of doing this business without having some sort of a backup plan just in case uh, I didn't get enough business right away so we can pay the bills. I actually went and got a job at General RV in in right outside of Richmond as a technician just to kind of get that hands-on experience right. right after school so and and that yeah. was and you're still at this time and you're still at I'm this sorry? time running the restaurant 
Uh, I, yes, I'm running the restaurant in the evenings, uh, and in the daytime, I'm going to General RV from like eight o'clock in the morning until four o'clock in the afternoon, and I would drive uh, about an hour from uh, at four o'clock from General RV to the restaurant. I work there every night, so I mean, I did that in the beginning for a little while. Um, and are so, you a coffee drinker? <laughs> yes, big time. Are you caffeinated? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, I gotta have my coffee. Without my coffee, I, I, it, it'll, I will be, I, I will slow down if I don't have my coffee in the, in the morning when I wake up. So no, I, I gotta have my coffee. Um, but yeah, I uh, after um, working for General RV, um, you know, the, the money wasn't really all that working there um, because I was a new technician. I was, I still, I was still going through some of their training and stuff like that. But then. Um, after about two, three months mm-hmm. working there, I started getting calls because my I had created a Google listing um, and I, I was doing some Google ads and stuff like that just so I can pick up some jobs here and there on the weekends and the evenings when I had time. Uh, and, uh, and all of a sudden the phone calls went from a couple of phone calls a week to 10, 15, 16 phone calls a week. And, uh, and then Ooh. I got to a point wow. where... Yeah, as I, I'm, I'm done with General RV, so I, uh, I put in my two weeks notice, and uh, right away I started working. Um, I was doing a lot of inspections and 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 uh, dewinterizations and stuff like that in the beginning, and but as as more people left the reviews on my on our Google listing, and I, I started getting a little more exposure, um, I started taking on more jobs. I got more comfortable, and now I'm pretty much I'm taking on jobs every day um whether i'm traveling whether i'm at home um yeah it's been great and um you know, i was very nervous in the beginning um i was worried about like messing things up and 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 you know screwing up a job yeah but at that point i was only taking on things that i was comfortable with that i felt confident confident in mm-hmm. that i knew that i could handle and that really just right. kind of this one step at a time it, i got more comfortable with everything else so yeah and i'm working full capacity so if you're traveling, are you taking on jobs when you go other places or do yes. you just, so how do yes, you do no, that? I, I, how do you, how, how well, do you do I that? have, I wrapped, I wrapped my truck. Um, I spend uh, quite a quite a bit of money on wrapping the truck with other business logos, so it's uh, it, it really stands out. I mean, it's like you can uh, spot it from a mile away. Um, and I in and also when I when we travel, I if we go to a campground when we check in, I go to the camp uh, campground office and let them know, hey. I'm here for a few days. Here's my business cards. If anybody needs anything, let me know. And typically, that works out for us. And um, wow. And yeah. And, and and as part of our and as part of growing, um, I started uh, I started taking on bus- taking on some business in Florida as well. Um, last year, um, I'm talking to a couple of technicians. I'm trying to turn this into a franchise, essentially. Wow. Um, so we, so yeah, we launched a branch of the business in Florida or in St. Petersburg, and uh, we we launched that in December, and now we're pretty much working at full capacity over there. I'm going down there every two three weeks. I'm there for two weeks, and I come back up here. I'm working uh, up up in D.C. for about two weeks. The goal is to have two or three branches working at full capacity, and once they're working at full capacity, I'm going to start selling them as a franchise. Sebastian, I have absolutely no doubt that you're going to be successful in that because I I just feel like you've been successful in everything else. I don't know. Like I, I totally hear the, I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to do it. And here it goes. And thank you. Also, I want to know. So you say you, you fix campers when you're traveling and on vacation. Do you, I mean, do you feel like that takes away from like your vacation? Because you just said you don't want to, you know, work super hard and all the time. But it seems like that's exactly what you're doing. So is that hard for you or your wife when you go on vacation, but you're still working? Do you feel pulled or do you like it? You're talking to somebody who is used to working (laughs) 17, 18 hours a day for 22 years, sometimes working 90 to 100 hours a week. Um, So for me, if I... If, you know, going from that type of uh, work to um, just working like six, seven hours um, a day, which you know, that's, I usually work about five to six hours a day when I'm when I'm home, and then when I'm traveling, 
you know, I, I pick up a job here and there. It's not something like, like, okay. like right now we are in Maine. I, uh, somebody called me, they had a week. I told them I'll probably can get to them later on uh, this afternoon. So if I do pick up a job, it's usually just one or two jobs, just enough so we can have some money coming in. So essentially make the, the, the trip uh, be self-paid. Um, sure. But no, it's uh, I don't work like crazy uh, when we're traveling i just i'm just a just a few jobs so like if i'm if we're traveling somewhere for a week i'll pick up a one or two jobs just to kind of help out with money and stuff like that so, but no uh it's even even if i'm working full-time doing this it's not gonna come it, it's it doesn't get close anywhere anywhere to the amount of hours that i worked uh, in the food business. I've so, always heard uh, restaurant business is just bonkers. Yeah, it's brutal. It, it really is. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, and you know, if you, um, if you, uh, if you're passionate about cooking, uh, cause I'm, I'm, I'm a chef. I am very passionate about it. I love cooking. Okay. So if not just cooking, if you're passionate about something and if you love it, you really enjoy it. It's no, it, it no longer becomes work anymore. And honestly, so, uh, does this mean the, the years, that, does this mean that at some point, whether it be a year or two down the road, it's not just going to be American Dream RVs uh, inspection and repair, but we're going to have the American Dream RVs cookbook? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, that is, that, that, Great that, idea. It, it, that is a thought that I have, my wife and I have been thinking about. In fact, on my YouTube channel, I have a uh, YouTube channel that specifically uh, focuses on, on cooking, uh, uh, you know, camp, camp, camping recipes. Um, it's called The Nomadic Chef, and I'll definitely, uh, we'll give you the, the link so you guys can post it yeah. in the show notes yeah. if you want. Um, but <clears throat> I, I do want to do that. I, I My wife and I have been talking about possibly, uh, you know, working out. Uh, some things where we can come out with a cookbook, uh, like a camping cookbook with pictures and, and, and instructions on how to uh, make simple but good recipes around your campfire. So that that is a, that is part of my plans. Nice. I do want uh, I want to accomplish that at some point. Um, and we, but, but even now, I have some videos on our YouTube channels where people can actually can go and get some ideas on how to cook some really good food uh, at your campfire. So, well, I, it is inspiring that you can go from being a chef to being a technician and if you can do that maybe i can go from being an rv person to somebody who can actually cook at a campfire oh i thought you were going to say professional no. pickleball player no <laughs> i have given that up it was a dream i'm over it um no i'm a terrible cook so you know i think it would be i that's I not can't true wait. mom yeah your I, grilled cheese are bomb <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I I would love to have simple but really good food because I love really good food. I just don't want to cook. So you don't want to or you don't know how? Well, probably both. But (laughs) I I would try something if you could show me how to do it at a campfire when I'm relaxed, not after a 10-hour day. You know, when I was starting out, uh, when I moved to New York, um, starting out, uh, as I was mentioning earlier, that I went and lived in New York for a while, worked as a as a as a cook um, for the Italian restaurant. You know, the first night um, I, I got hired, uh, the owner of the restaurant, with no training, told me, "Look, Sebastian, I am going to throw you in the fire. No training, you're going to have to figure things out." And I kid you not. I mean, that's that's one of those life uh, lessons that I uh, learned very early on. And that is, you, you will not learn anything in life unless you throw yourself in the fire, unless you force yourself to actually do do whatever you, you, you're trying to do or you're trying to learn. You're not gonna you're not gonna learn unless you actually, uh, you know, attempt of, of trying to learn how to whatever you're trying you, whatever you're trying to accomplish. You got to throw yourself at it, and so you can so you, so you can figure out. And when I um, got hired at Maria Pia in New York, I'm telling you, I had no experience that first night um they threw me in the kitchen i didn't know anything about the menu i didn't, had no idea how to cook some of this stuff but i they i wanted to you know keep the job i wanted a job to be able to pay my bills so uh when i figured it out that first night i was behind that expo line i figured it out on, on how to cook some of these uh these these dishes um my point is is that if there's something you want to do uh don't don't t- don't say to yourself that you can't do it 
um, I say go for it. Mm-hmm. So that's just that's my mentality. That's my motto. Uh, not just with with cooking and, and you know RV uh, stuff with anything in life. You know, um, I'm not the type of person you can say no to. I don't take mm-hmm. no. <laughs> well, I think I th- yeah. I think me and you, Sebastian, are a lot of uh, alike in our uh, ADHD and just like general bonkersness uh, without being yeah. offensive. <laughs> We're a lot alike yeah. and um, I feel like anything that uh, was worth doing growing up or even now it's always scary at first because it is like it's hard to focus and it's hard to uh, nail down what you actually want so everything is yeah you have to jump with both feet or not at all because dipping your toe yeah. in doesn't really work for especially for people like us because then it's like uh, uh, no I don't know but if you jump in then you're then you're wet you got to yeah, then you got to sink or swim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, you, you and then you you are for uh, you are forced to, to learn. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you you don't you will never get anywhere in life if if you don't challenge yourself. You know, and and, and I learned that thankfully, you know, because of my dad and you know, people that are around me and I have a really good support system, friends and everything. Um that, you know, every time I wanted to do something, I've had that support from, you know, my wife, from my parents, my and my siblings. And uh, if you don't, if you don't throw yourself in the fire, you will never pick up anything. You, know? you will never learn anything. You always gonna fear is always gonna be that 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 the blocking wall in front of you, the chicken. You will not be over to. You will not be able to overcome. That's so it. yeah, absolutely. If there's something you want to do, throw yourself in it, do it. That's a, that's something that we see here when people come in to look at RVs. They come in, they're looking to buy, but they're scared to make the decision because they don't know everything about it. And that is yeah. very common here. They're like, yeah, but, you know, I don't really know. Uh, I haven't towed anything. I don't know how to dump it. I, I don't know how to operate it. So, you so know, what? Uh, let, me, let me try to learn a little bit more. Well, you know... We have to just push them to say, no, just do it. Once you get out there, you'll figure it out. It's there's nothing that is extremely difficult. We are not teaching them, you know, advanced calculus here. (laughs) So it feels overwhelming. And I totally get that. Yeah, it feels like yeah, in this yeah. in this life in this in all of humanity right now, at least in my circles, there's a fear of being a beginner. Oh, to, yeah, yeah, it's a good description. Yeah. To, to the point of yeah. never becoming anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what's the worst that can happen? You make a mistake. Oh no! And guess what? You just learned. You yeah. just learned a way how to not to do something. You, you, know? and, yeah. you just learned something, didn't you? Yeah, you become a professional yeah. non-starter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I mean, it's 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 you know, and I, I, fortunately, I've had some really good examples in my life um, that that have showed me that you you can't be. You can't have, let fear govern your life. You just can't. Um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta throw yourself at everything that comes at you. Um, and you know, even if you don't succeed, you will learn what doesn't work, and then you can go back and try again. Uh, and that has really worked for me really really well um especially when i applied that mentality to the rv business again i i can't i came from uh, a kitchen didn't know anything about if i tell you you're not gonna believe this i had no idea what a multimeter was when i went to nrvta mm-hmm. i remember the first day in class and the rv fundamentals i don't know you guys probably know who brenda is brenda she's one of the uh nrvta uh she goes by queen b uh-huh. has a huge following on youtube she's a really good friend of mine as well and she was one of the instructors for, for the class uh, that day. <laughs> and I remember uh, uh, Todd, uh, the the school, uh, yes, Todd, instru- mm-hmm. the master instructor. Yeah, Todd was, you know, telling the students, "Hey guys, you, you got to grab the leads for your multimeter, and you got to, you know, p- you know, put those leads on on these terminals." And I am looking at the multimeter, and I'm thinking, "Okay, what the heck is a lead?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. What is that? Oh, and she had, she walked over to me and showed me how to actually properly use a multimeter. Love it. Um, and I'm taking was, the class. And this was just, this is just a, a little bit over a year ago. Just a Amazing. little bit over a year ago. And, so, and now yeah. you have two branches of RV repair going. 
Correct. Man, yes. that so, is uh, crazy. That's crazy. And yeah, and American American Dream RV Service and Inspections is the name. We have a branch in St. Petersburg right now as we speak, St. Petersburg, Florida. Our goal is to expand into the uh, Florida Gulf Coast. Um, also, we're outside of uh, um, uh, Washington, D.C. We pretty much uh, service the entire Washington, D.C. metro area, which also includes Maryland, uh, um, Maryland suburbs. Um, and my goal is to uh, do another branch north of D.C., uh, possibly uh, Philly, uh, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Um, and the goal is to have uh, three or four branches that are working at full capacity. And then once once we reach that um, uh, place, we are going to start uh, selling franchise. That's that's the goal. And Well, uh, well we, we are here for you're it. to be there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're here for Woo-hoo. it. And I'm you're excited. still learning Thank things. You. you are still learning things, I'm you. sure. You know, I think the overall theme of this podcast needs to be be brave Mm -hmm. be curious and just go for it i have one more question before we end this if that's okay yes sebastian did you eat a lot of donuts growing up uh yes i did (laughs) (laughs) okay because my dad would have boxes and you know my dad my dad used to my my dad was delivering donuts i was i was probably about sixth or seventh grade on the weekends i would actually go with him uh-huh. and do those deliveries so, and i would take my walkman headphones listen to my music and my dad would give me a box of donuts every couple of hours and I, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, i'm telling you i think part of my add that i have right now is from all the sugar that i consume during that donut overload. well donuts. when you t- talked about your dad delivering donuts at the beginning of this podcast we were being uh very serious and i just really wanted to ask you how many donuts you that's my ADHD kicking in (laughs) all right do we have donuts here we we should why don't we have donuts it's Friday I want donuts Sebastian this has been everything and more than I was that I was kind of hoping for just a good time of chatting and getting your story and maybe teasing out some of what what happened i mean there's some encouragement here there's there's hope there's go go after it so i'm inspired thank you for making yourself available even though you're a whole time zone away and in Acadia. Well, no, thank you. Thank you for having me be, be part of today's show. I, I Like I said, you guys were, honestly, when I started camping, when I bought that first RV, didn't know anything. I was having tons of anxiety attacks on how to use these, properly use these rigs. Mm-hmm. Your show was really what helped me a lot. Aww. Like, it really, really, really helped. So, thank you, and I'm so honored and so happy that I was a part of uh, today's segment. So, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up soon. Yeah, We'll, we'll definitely tag you. It'll it'll take me probably a, a week to release this, but I'll tag you, send you links and what have you. How about we let you go enjoy Acadia? Thank you so much, guys. You guys have a wonderful weekend, and I'm sure uh, I'll be talking to you soon again. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful weekend, guys. Right. You too. Bye, Sebastian. Bye, bye. Okay, so that was Sebastian, and he uh, what what a storyline there. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of nervous because a lot of times we don't get to really connect when they're not in the room with us. And on Mm -hmm. top of that, we didn't even have video. And at the beginning of this call, I was like, oh, this is going to be tough. But I have to say that was one of my favorite podcasts we've ever done. Like, he's so cool. Awesome. Awesome. Um, you know what? Let's go ahead and close this one out. Everyone, you can follow us at RV Small Talk Podcast on social or on YouTube, and you can check out show notes for this and all other episodes at RVSmallTalk.com. We will have links to just things related to Sebastian restaurants and, and the, the where he got trained and certified, his current business, um, maybe even the KOA he's staying at. I don't know. We'll put links in there. <laughs> just send him all to Sebastian. <laughs> he would love that. So, uh, so thank you again for joining us. Uh, we again, the team from RV small talk podcast here at princess craft RV down in Texas, and we will see you next time. Peace. Peace.